right, I wasn't ready. First off, we got a little, and then second off, we got a little, here we go. Hey, hey guys, welcome to episode 108 of CB oh, Towers Bruce so and Builds. I'm Mr. Combat number five and my fellow hosts in college, much like Kirk, son of Yogmoth, he went by Tuck, son of the governor, Big Tuck. Oh, wait, can you see it? My pro still have Oh my, my God, is it right there? Possession. I think there's, <laughs> I think there's four things I own that I've kept with me throughout all my travels. And that was definitely one of them. I remember when I moved to China, I was like, mom, you need to put this someplace safe because it's glass and it's insanely valuable to me. Uh, hello. Oh. So uh, not to jump the gun here, but hello, Graveborns and Graveborn-esses. Mr. Combo, it's a Friday afternoon. I'm drinking this delicious smuggled Alpha King uh, IPA from Three Floyds Brewing in Munster, Indiana. And I'm guessing Ooh. you're drinking a double water on the rocks. I'm drinking actually a uh, diet unsweet green tea. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember you went on that. Okay, so. Oh, man, I love them. I got two. I got two things to note for you. One, I'm gonna need your help because we. I'm trying to get a little bit more movie talk in here because evidently people like it. So I made a promise that in the month of October, I am only going to be watching spooky movies, not necessarily horrors, <laughs> but spooky, spooky. And I know that you and specifically your fiance really enjoys the the horror movies. The th she she's into. Uh, supernatural whether that's aliens ghosts demons she okay. does not like true horror where it's like saw she's maybe not the biggest fan or like of silence, it's like silence of the lambs like and yes. she doesn't like okay it's so interesting do you think that it's like it's too because it's dealing with real things it's like more scary or is she just not interested in i think because it is true or could be true yeah, it's, it's a it's little humans, bit more right? real yeah. and scary but i think the other piece to it, it it's weird i think she actually likes supernatural stuff because it scares her more while watching it versus oh. potential true horror it scares her after she gets done because it's like oh this could happen right she's not staying up at night because she thinks some demon's gonna possess her but <laughs> maybe if some dude like breaks into the house and like kills her uh, uh, yeah. with a spoon that'll keep her up My, at night to your point have you ever read the book in cold blood by truman capote it's set i have not it's set in western kansas um i think it's it won some sort of reward but it pretty much long story short in it's a real life telling of two people who are like just drifters who broke into a farmhouse with the shotguns and killed an entire family so my mom growing up she lived on a farmhouse by herself but also was a huge reader and she's like that book scarred me for the rest of my life and she still I struggles bet. she still struggles at like home so that makes sense there uh, and then second so i know you're more of a fashion guy than i am you know i'm pretty basic when it comes to it a lot of plaids a lot of monochrome t-shirts preferably with no lettering on them whereas like i know you get your your boxes of stuff do you have sections of outfits that are like themed? Defined themed. So like the reason, so, okay. I am going to a like pretty intense rock show tonight, right? So I already know, knowing that, I already knew that my outfit was gonna be like this shirt, this pants, these boots, right? Like that's like my okay. metal concert outfit. And then if I'm going okay. on like, a date or if I'm going to someplace that's a little fancier, I also have like this shirt, these shorts, these shoes. And like it's like these kind of ro sub rotations of my outfits. So do you have, Do you, I know you probably have a lot more clothes than I do. 
do you have like the if you're like so when we went to the nelly concert right like i that was just kind of before all that but like did you have an outfit sure. ready to go for that or are you just like i'm just gonna no. grab whatever okay no, it's just so basically what you've described your life is you are Warren Buffett to where it's like, I got one outfit for this one outfit for this oh, I eat McDonald's breakfast every day. Yes. And it's it, it's interesting, Tuck, because I know you're not this and this isn't an insult at all. The thought process behind the reduced or limited decisions, it's supposed to be for like these like next level ceo type thinkers oh. where i'm so much is on my brain a day i don't want to have to worry about this stuff i just know i'm doing this i grab this right, right every right. breakfast i eat this i i don't know why you have that i don't know if it's just like maybe you're not like a materials guy so you don't just like own a bunch of different outfits but literally what you're replicating is what billionaires do well it's it's high time because i also eat the same thing for breakfast and lunch like all the time what the, the the example I like to use that's rooted in fiction is um, Ian Malcolm, who's Jeff Goldblum in the movies Jurassic Park. In the book, someone visits his condo in Seattle or whatever, and they're like, what is up with your with your wardrobe? He's like, what? It's like literally everything in here is either gray or black or some shade of gray. And he's like, yeah, I like to be able to get dressed in the dark. So <laughs> that's what, I like that one a little bit better. I like that, too. But anyways, that's that's my that's what's up with me. What's your movie news and how are you, sir? Uh, movie news don't have a ton. I did get to watch Shang Chi uh, last oh. weekend. What did you think? And uh, I'm spoiler interested. spoiler free review, so you guys don't have to worry about it. Mister Combo won't do that to you. Um, I gave it an Ant Man grading. It was fine. I'll I'll, I'll watch it occasionally. Interesting. You know, maybe once a year, twice a year. Here's here's my issue. The positives. <laughs> The best martial arts movie I think I've seen in a while. I've heard that. The, the cinematography is fantastic. And before you get to the negatives, I got I got one that I think is going to hit home pretty good. Okay. Uh, so cinematography was great. CGI was great. Um, humor was good. It wasn't overly done. Uh, Aquafina was really good in the movie. Uh, I really enjoyed she's that. She's really funny. And so that was... Oh, and then of course, uh, Shang-Chi... Uh, his American name was Sean. So the before, so do you want me to give you my negatives first, or do you want me to give you what you think I'm going to say yes. first? Uh, I'll, okay. Let me let me go first. Well, it's okay. no one's. It's it's a known fact that you are a notorious xenophobe towards Asian people. So I mean, that would make sense why you wouldn't like it in the beginning. Way too many Asians. What? What do you mean? I love Asian culture. <laughs> I'm just I'm always I'm over just, there. I'm just kidding. If anyone, but you, but you can't say that. Squee, leave that in. Squee, leave that in. If anyone here, actually, it's me because I live there and I hate, I hated my time. But anyway, sorry. Real negative. <laughs> so I do want to hear these. And I think it's that it, it makes a lot of sense. The story sucked. It was awful. Do you think it was not meant for a movie? Do you think it's because the? Do you think it's like a material issue? Do you think it came out in the wrong section of the MCU phases? No. Or do you think it was just like badly written? M MCU phase was perfect. Uh, this was post snap. So mm. it wasn't like we're doing another flashback nonsense okay. type yeah. thing. So I did it. I did like that. But just this, you, the quote unquote big bad wasn't really a big bad. But and he, he kind of was a sympathetic character to where you kind of feel bad for him. But just the buildup and like the care for what's going on, not there really. At all. Could care less. Um, I did. Here's what I think they should have done with Shang Chi, um, and here's why I think they went with a movie. 
It should have been a uh, Marvel series on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Would have been perfect for that. Would have been great. Uh, second thing, I think they went with the movie because this was really going to be aimed at the Chinese audience because that's such a yeah, big huge, like, well yeah. of money, which I've heard they may not even release it into China because of some of the stuff Simu Lun. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry if I said it wrong. Uh, had said in a tweet or something that unsurfaced and it's like, you know, well, and, or it may be recent. I don't know the details, so don't roast me. But it's something criticizing the Chinese government. You know, they don't like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> it may not even release over there. So that was my thing. And then the last point I'll make uh, before we can move on is I think Shang-Chi is going to be an amazing complimentary adventure. Not so much someone that's just in the background, but think of Hawkeye. Hawkeye right. had a relevant role in all the, most of the Avenger movies. First one, not so much. Second one and third one, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think he's going to be a perfect Hawkeye. Like, oh, he's interesting. He does a lot of cool stuff. I want to see him in other materials. But did we ever ask for a Hawkeye movie? No. But a Hawkeye mm. series, I'm down for a that. Series, I saw the yeah, trailer right, this right, last right. weekend. Yeah, that'll probably be entertaining and fun. And that's kind of where I think Shang-Chi should have lived, but here we are. Yeah, exactly. Well, hope you guys enjoyed Movie Talk. (laughs) I always do. (laughs) Well, it's because you and I watch so many movies, which I don't know how you have time to watch movies because your social schedule is absurd. I can't say it on mic, but I find the time for it. (laughs) (laughs) During poop time. So, if you guys would like to support content, movie talk, and hopefully Match at the Gathering content, shoot over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we do have four different tiers from a dollar a month to five to 15 to 25. They get you a variety of, whether it be perks into our community or physical tangible rewards that we will send to you. Uh, we do also, when anyone joins the collective, do a shout out. We got a new Patreon. Yeah. Uh, Brasol. Thanks for joining, man. Thanks. Uh, I think I've seen you active in the Discord. Uh, it's great to see you. Hopefully, we'll get to Jame a game online one day. Also, something cool that we will be announcing to our Patreons. Um, I've been talking with Alter Sleeves. They've recently bought a RV in the US. They're going to do like a wrapper skin. And they're basically going to travel around to LGSs throughout the country and do like live webcam streaming with different content oh, creators, no give out free prizes. So I did make sure when I saw that on Twitter to reach out to them because we've chatted a little bit and uh, said, hey, Kansas City, you guys should come through. Our collective will travel in. Yeah. I guarantee it. Uh, it. It would be an awesome event. And they're like, absolutely. We'll let you know when Kansas City's coming. That's They'll so give exciting. us a heads up. So yeah, I will be sure to announce it on Bruise and Builds and Action 4 News at Alternate Universe Podcast uh, whenever Alter Sleeves is planning to come in. So if any of you want to try and drive in or, you know, whether you're uh, T-Coats or awesome video editor coming up from, from the OK, it could be Lemony Linnings, it's on his uh, path, or even Spencer Rabbits because he wants to try to troll me with a gold-bordered Gaia's Cradle. <laughs> he just wants to sign. That's a great time to yeah, knock two I, things off, two birds with one stone. <laughs> I guess I sign it, then I fucking quit. Put it doing in your podcasting. mouth. You put it in your mouth. You put it in your mouth. You take it, then you. Put <laughs> but I got to rub mouth. it on my beard. Yeah, Remember, you got to. It's got to rub it. So uh, now, if you are an existing Patreon and you do find someone that you want to bring into the collective, we do have a referral program. So if they join Patreon, just have them shoot us a, a DM on there, letting us know which community member referred them. We'll be sure to send you some free swag. So definitely, thank you. Let's grow the community. Let's do it.
Now, if you can't subscribe on a monthly basis, but you would like to pick up maybe some of our sleeves, our play mats, our tokens, anything else, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we do sell everything on there, but there's a redacted bit that contractually I could talk about because there is no contract, but it's redacted. Like it. But if you can't help us out financially, just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And we wouldn't be able to do this without our great audio producer at Dear Squee on Twitter, Dear Squee at cmdtower.com. Uh, Squee McGee has a full studio, can do a lot of different editing. He's working with different artists and bands and communities here in the Kansas City area, but that doesn't mean he can't work with you. So if you're looking for an audio editor, be sure to hit him up. He does a great job. And like I mentioned earlier, at underscore Teacoats, he's our video editor. He makes these great things for YouTube and just puts a lot of effort, a lot of energy. We would love you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel, show Tyler a little bit of love, but also check out his other content on other content creators. Teacoats works with so many different people, very talented, but we know we can always improve. Let us know what you would like. Like we heard me and Tuck's audio blue balls when the pandemic started, so we fixed it. Hey. So if you guys want a better video experience, just let us know so we could try to improve it as well. And be sure to stay tuned till the end so you can figure out how you get to win our September giveaway. So Bruise and Builds is our Dex Tech series. Since we conquered the path of 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to a segment called Say Yes to the Deck. <laughs> this will comprise of one of our hosts building a deck online specifically geared towards the playstyle for the other, but still challenging how they play EDH. At the end, we'll see if they say yes to the deck, but of course, the heart of Bruise and Builds is still here. So we described the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down to four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state, that's grain. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. It helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors that grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs and hop forward parallels like this uh, Alpha King here. Hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then how does your deck actually close out or win games? Which funny enough, the reason we're talking the colors today is because we want less of this. Yes. It's yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. This could be pet cards, synergies. It is in here, but I won't spoil it. That are in the deck that are just kind of fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into alpeno stout, or this is a hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to wrap up the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are to be the deck's recipients recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under $50, and a no budget recommendation. They just can't talk about mana only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So today for Say Yes to the Deck, Jun does something near and dear to Big Tuck's heart. Yet his playgroup doesn't seem to fit the mold of his prosh deck. <laughs> want, want. It is. So he entirely too strong for out here <laughs> there'd be a lot of anger so he came into mr Commodore number five's emporium of gently used commanders to see what we can tailor for him and Ooh. his play group so we took tuck's prosh deck 
and I brewed something that still has a heart of Prosh, yes, but a depowered commander to where it's a similar strategy, but it's a lot sweatier with Secure yeah. Deathkeeper. Tuck, read what this card is. All right. And then I will go a little bit into the strategy of how I built this. So you know why, as soon as you said this, I knew what this commander is? Mm -mm. This is literally the backup commander that comes in Prosh's Precon. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> Did you not know that? <laughs> nope. Oh really? Oh, anyways, I, you got to remember, I I didn't buy. Uh, I wasn't oh, you playing didn't buy Magic when the Frost yeah, Precon. Yeah. 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 Um, so Sekor, Sekuar, Sekuar. We're going. To, okay, the Sekuar it is. Sekuar. Seka, 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 It's gonna work in the yes, deck. It's gonna ah. work. It is gonna work in the deck. Is a four three legendary creature orc shaman relevant? Question mark. Uh, for two colorless <laughs> and then Jun, that's black, red, and green. My favorite color pairing in all of Magic, besides maybe a Grixis. Legendary creature orc shaman. Uh, it's a rare. When it, well, I'm sorry, when it or I don't even know the game from whatever another non-token creature you control dies, put a three-one black and red Greyborn creature token with Relevant. haste onto the battlefield. And Tuck, I think that has some flavor text. Yes, it does. Uh, oh no, and now I'm lost. <laughs> Hold on. Uh oh, it's the elephant. I know it. Uh, no, but it's asking me to go premium. Get, get bent. Uh, okay, we have uh, Narix Slipfinger Master Thief is Kerbert the Frog. <clears throat> All right. I, 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 it's always easier believe. for me just to do like Ray Romano. Oh, <laughs> the orcs believe Sikuar still lives in the Carpolution Mountains, gathering his dead army intent out on revenge. <laughs> that's okay-ish, right? That uh, was okay. fine. It, it definitely, it, it was less Ray, it was more his brother. Yeah, oh, oh, then you gored me right in the ass. Uh, <laughs> so also, uh, just a quick sidebar here, because I know you'll find this funny. So I know my accent work is bad. So like on dates, I go in selling it like, oh, I'm so good at accents. No like, way. Yeah, oh, that's serious, right? And then the best one I always lead on is my New Zealand accent, which goes a little bit something like this. <clears throat> so I, I go in like super confident, right? Like I sure. people call me a mimic. It's like my brother can do it. I can do it. <clears throat> so it's like my New Zealand accent, right? <clears throat> Oi, maybe after this, we'll go get some ice cream. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so good. so um, here's why I chose Sakur, Sakar, um, and kind of a little bit of a thought around it. So... I wanted to keep it at its core, which is funny enough because it is a backup commander, so it definitely <laughs> keeps it at its core. Um, but I wanted to really challenge Tuck in how to how to go about the strategy. I wanted to make sure the deck was slow enough and battle cruisy enough that this yep. isn't a deck that's going to win on turn seven even. This is like turn 10, 11, 12. We're trying to grind it out. Uh, so we went with kind of four different ideas. We're going to try to outvalue, outvalue with lots of cheap ways to ramp with creatures and artifacts so we can get Sakura onto the battlefield for the real meat of the deck. Then we're going to use our mid-range package of opponents sacrificing their creatures while we get supplemental Graveborn tokens just kind of for defense. But really, you know, we're just trying to clear this stage for the path to the win. And then number three, now that all the early game pays off for sacrificing everything to one of our outlets to create an army of Graveborns that can really swing in with damage. Plus, we do have some alternate win cons in the deck. One of them 
can't go infinite unless you add one other card to the deck. Um, and it's not a, a very, it's actually a very cheap card. I just purposely didn't do it, yeah. even though it would be a one, two, three, four card infinite combo. Uh, but still, I left it out, no infinite combos. And, you know, this will be slow. It's going to be yeah, sweaty it's it's for really a grindy. Smash Mouth win. So what are your impressions of the deck? And does this seem to fit your play, play group better than your Prosh? Yeah, it took me a little bit. It really, what helped me when I was first looking through this, it's it's a lot harder to go categories when you first look. So it helped uh -huh. me a lot just to be like, okay, I'm just going to look at the deck as is. Because when I was looking at the category, I was just like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and when I read it, I do... And I have my my answer already uh, with some with some things to it, uh, but I do like the fact that it's. I think the thing that jumped out to me the most is like the commander is very powerful, but it's not terrifying, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the one of the things like that I think you completely correctly assessed with Prosh was it's so easy to win so fast in that deck because he's just so strong, right? Like a lot of yeah. times, it, uh, there's I can't remember the other commanders we've talked about, but a lot of times it's like. If you guys let me cast Prosh, if you get me there, it's it's over. Yeah, like you can't do yeah. anything about it, whether it's this, that, or the other thing. Um, so I like the fact that there is a lot of the same themes in here because I love I love Jund um, and I love the color combinations. Like I think that's a very well balanced color combo, but it's just kind of sucked to be like I love it so much, but I can never play it because as soon as I do, people are going to be furious with it, right? Yeah. And Prosh himself is such a, a such a you know, he's kind of in like the, whatever you call it, the doghouse of commander, where mm -hmm. if you bring a prosh out anywhere and similar scope to like a Zur, um, mm -hmm. Animar, that kind of stuff, people are going to know what's up. So yeah, I like it. I think there's some really interesting picks in here. Um, there's a few that it took me a minute to be like, wait, I got to reread this. And then where are we going with this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think you, I, I could tell that you really took a lot of time in finding like the right cards in here. Um, if we just look through the things, the mana fixing still needs a little bit of work, but that's fine. <laughs> it's a little, well, little it's heavy not, on the black. It's, it's not that bad. It's not it egregious. Is a little, it, it, yeah. Well, it. I need more black is what, mm. what it is. Uh, right now, yeah. we're almost to that perfect pie. And it's because I was going through the lands. Because honestly, Tuck, when I when I was building the deck, I was really trying to build it with you in mind. Like, what does he have in his collection? What could he yep. put in here? Like, there's no bad... Like, of course, if I'm going to just... Oh, if you just build the best deck, yeah, I'm going to put yeah, in bad just lands. Do, yeah, throwing all the Aber... <laughs> Why not? All the Aber duels, all the fetches. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's like I tried to go in and like, okay, what are the more budgety things? Like, what sure. shocks does he probably have? And so I think if you probably actually took out some of those more expensive lands when it's like... I have a, a blood crypt, but I don't have one in Prosh, and I don't want to take it from another deck. So I'll just put it in a swamp. You know, it'll start to shift yeah, the it'll pie start a little bit. For sure. Um, and then the CMC three two six, absolutely acceptable, right? Like that's like in in these colors, it's really easy to get to. And then the budget is five hundred dollars to six hundred. But yeah. I think it's I think it's I think. Did you, okay, so did you actually like look at my Prosh deck when you're building this? No. Did you have so okay. what I did. So what I did is like, for example, Blood Crypt, I just typed Blood Crypt into tapped out, clicked it, and it just gave me the most recent printing. So everything here oh, okay, is just yeah, the yeah. price of the most recent printing, not necessarily the cheapest copy. But there are a lot of cards in here that I already own, even if they are expensive. Oh, I'm sure. And then mm -hmm. second off, there's actually like, I would say a 20 to 40% crossover of just Prosh, right? Of just oh. cards I own in that. So yeah, um, it, I, I like it. I, I think it's interesting. Um, a lot of interesting cards to talk about here, too. All right. Well, let's get into it. And Tuck says his mind is already made up. But 
Let's see if Mr. Combo can convince him that this just gently used Sakar <laughs> is fine as is. It's, it was only played. It was only played by a child. He never smoked around it. There's never been any alcohol <laughs> on it, right? Like it's the equivalent of like, yeah, it's just an old lady who you know drove it to church on Sundays. And Except you for that know, one kid just, that we both hate. What's oh, not played by that him. kid? Fuck that kid. Uh, you know what? Before we go to the grade section, Tuck, you know, the, I just realized I'm pronouncing this commander like goddamn Jeff Goldblum and uh, Thor 3. Welcome to Sakar. Hey, Sakar. Wow, what a drop. My, my lovelies, my lovelies, please go find my champion. Uh, take um, to the streets, to the skies. Oh, <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into this deck. We're done messing around. Grain section, Tuck. Hit me with your best shot. Oh, actually, I did have a question for you, Tuck. Sorry. And, and community, I apologize. 28 grain, 24 hops, 14 yeast, 5 spice. How does that feel for your playgroup? Because this is actually something I'm yeah. curious about. Because I wanted to do fewer yeast, but I still yes. wanted you to have something. So does this seem like from your prosh deck, like there's way less game winners or like, how does it feel? Well, that's it. Yeah. I think the big thing that people get upset about in our play group is like, they don't like decks that just solitaire, right? Like okay. that's kind of what, that's kind of what pisses people off, right? They don't like decks that aren't very interactive. Um, and I do think that this is very interactive. Um, I think it's going to be very reactionary as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. even though you may not be doing a ton to interact with other boards, you're still going to be able to have you're still going to be able to have a bunch of things that you're going to be able to to do with. And then for reference, Prosh was 23 grains, 16 hops, 16 yeast, and then seven spice. But this is okay. This is the first deck we ever had. So, for example, Chandra's Ignition is not a spice card. That is probably the best yeast card in the deck. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, and I hope you know I did hold myself back from putting Vilduck and Ori in this deck. Because that would just make it go skyrocket, but I knew yes. you would just immediately say I'd be, no. I'd so. be very upset. I was already upset right. with one of the cards that we'll get to. <laughs> What's your first grain card? Okay, so this is a brand new one off of your second favorite set ever, Modern Horizons 2. Uh, it's a new goblin that I think goes into literally every deck that is in those colors. No? Are you crazy? Goblin uh, our Anacromancer? This card yeah, is I didn't pick it because I can't pronounce it. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. Why are we so slappy right now? We're very like punchy. I don't know. Uh, well, I you know what I think excited. it is, 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 as I was telling you uh, yesterday, how I'm like mentally exhausted. Uh, I think I'm just like mentally like <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, whatever. So this is fresh off the presses for Modern Horizons 2. Uh, Goblin and Necromancer is a 2-2 Goblin Shaman. Shaman Tribal. There it is. Uh, for Gruul, that's a green and a red. Uh, it's a 2-2. Each spell you cast that's red or green costs one less to cast. Um, and I do have a voice here. She's going to be mentioned later, most likely. But Liliana, who sounds a little bit hey, something like this. Hey, now. Hey, now. Sounds a little something like this. Uh, good Gruul. Shaman can work a whole clan into a frenzy. God, you're so sexy. A great one. We'll wait until the enemy's nearby. I want to read that wordy, worthy. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so th this card's just insanely good. Uh, when I first saw it previewed, I thought it was just like Goblin Electromancer. So I thought it was only yeah. instant and sorcery. So I was like, oh, great. Slam Duncan Wart, right? Got a yeah. copy in French from somebody that sent me a bunch of cards in French. Um, and then I put it in my deck and I was like, oh, man, like 
<clears throat> if only this did everything. I actually played War last weekend. Uh, and I was like, if only this made my commander cheaper. And they're like, a guy who loves this card is like, it does. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, no, it's green and red spells. That's it. I was like, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> and it's a 2-2. Your guy's actually wrong. What do you mean? Uh, if you look at the notes and rules information for Goblin uh, Arnacromancer, a spell that is both red and green only costs one less to cast, less. not two less. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, just like Nightscape. Oh, familiar, sorry. Like I thought about. you were saying that he said it costs two less. No, 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 no. I thought I thought it was just instants and sorceries. Oh, gotcha. Not yeah. just the flat red and green. Yeah. So the interesting thing with this card, I think it's a good card for the deck. I mean, fifth. 49% of the deck is red and green. So yeah, I, it's, it's I think insane. it's worth it for a two yeah. drop. Oh, and, no question. And here's the thing, though. All things equal, if this wasn't your commander, I would actually probably not put it in the deck because it would just potentially be a dead card 48 or 52% of the time. Oh. But the fact that if it dies, you at least get the Graveborn you out of it. Back, it's like, yeah. whatever. I basically pay two mana for a 3-1 with haste. Yeah, exactly. So overall, it's an amazing card, and it's like 11 cents. Mm -hmm. All right. My first one, I, I think this card's pretty cool. Um, and it, it, it's a powerful effect, but you can only do it during your upkeep, which I really like. Three, two, one. Hell's, Hell's Caretaker. Three colors, black creature horror. It's a rare. <laughs> uh, and it is a tap. Sacrifice a creature, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate this ability only during your upkeep, and then for a random name, we have something good, something good, something good, something good. Did you just, also, you do know that this was a thing that you were hemming and hawing about last week, or whatever we did the last one? Is that why it was so fresh in your mind? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, well, so we have our, our old pal Gideon, generic Wolfenstein German guy. <clears throat> the rules are clear. If you want to leave, you need only convince another to go take your place. I was like pretty good on so, the German up front. Yeah, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. So the reason actually I picked Hell's it's not so much it was at the top of my mind on that r ridiculous infinite combo thing. Um, yeah. It was more of your playgroup doesn't want explosive, ultra powerful stuff. You guys like the mid range. So yeah. the upkeep uh, restriction really restricts this card. You can't just play it. Swift foot boots. I'm going to town. So you do have to wait for that. And I didn't want to do the traditional reanimation package with reanimate and stuff like that, because once again, that kind of puts people on tilt. Right. So four mana for a one, one that you have to wait a rotation is going to have less bads about it. But I think a big piece of this deck is going to be taking things like your burnished hearts of the world sure, right, use right, them, right. and then how do I get it back so I can do it again? And that's just where I think Health's Caretaker is going to be able to let you recycle some utility stuff throughout the game. And I think the big thing on that, too, that I think you've done a good job on and something that you really need to keep in the back of your mind is that there's a lot of abilities that say, like, non-token creature. When a non-token creature dies, sacrifice a, a token creature, blah, 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 blah. Yep. So I think the fact that Health's Caretaker doesn't care about that at all, I, th I think the, the tokens made off the Greyborns are going to have a lot of utility for these other things to trigger... Possibly. To mm -hmm. trigger and also be sacrificed too while you're kind of building up your army. So yeah, it was it's a really good card for the deck. A big fan of it. Nice, nice. All right, Tuck, what's your last green card? This is my last one. Uh, so this is I I'm glad you put it in here. It is a draw card, which I know you're usually oh. against. Yeah. But I think that 
the the way that this deck is going to win is through that sacri- those like sort of sacrifice loops if you will right yep so a card like blood divination where it's going to do a lot of work for the deck so three colors and a black for sorcery as an additional cost to cast the spell sack a creature then draw three cards um the wheel didn't spin last time even though i specifically clicked it but that's what you get when you're working with classtools.net i guess that's why they're pushing <laughs> i guess that's why they're pushing the premium uh the premium version on us but hey yes good one all right here we go <laughs> all right they're all they all sound similar predicting the future is messy business christopher walken so oh, okay. good okay so uh I think that where Jun can kind of run out is drawing. I think, a lot, and like this happens a lot in my Prosh deck where you're going, 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 you get stopped, and then you have two cards in hand and no way to come through, right? Yeah. So the fact that this is going to draw you three cards and also this sacrifice a creature doesn't matter. Like, and, and like I said with the Hell's Caretaker, a lot of times you want to sack a creature to drain life, to, to add mana, right? All this other sure. stuff. Like there's, there's so many different effects that are going on with it. That to me, that's almost like a positive in this deck. We want as many ways as possible to draw cards. The fact that you're not losing life on it, and it's a it's a pretty good rate, like four for three with all the other triggered abilities. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. So I, I know you're not a big fan of these sort of effects, but I think this is a really fair one and, and a, an efficient one in the deck. Yeah, that's that's really the only reason I put it in there. It was between this one and there's one that I run on my Shirai deck where I think you only get to draw two cards for two mana and sacrifice a creature. Or maybe two cards for three mana and sacrifice a creature yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Uh, but I really liked this one because it's like, okay, you're in a slower group. So the four mana is probably not the end of the world. Um, and I, I know that you do like draw spells. So I, 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 but I wanted it to be flavorful. I'm not just going to give you uh, a necropotence and just say done. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Although I was looking up on builds of this, of this guy, right? To kind of research into the cuts. And every build I saw, guess what card was in it? This? No, Phyrexian Arena. Every oh. single one. Every single one. Morons. This is a better Phyrexian Arena. This is a better Phyrexian <laughs> Arena. No, it's not. That's a terrible thing to say. Don't, Are you don't kidding? believe in people. Don't believe you're in people. Out of, you're out of your mind. You don't even like that card. Why are you standing up for it? What do you mean I do like that card? You like Phyrexian Arena? Yes, I run it. You're a maniac. This is a whole, this is we could do an entire what's a plane chase on just this argument right here. All right. Well, I got two left. Um, they're they're pretty pretty meat and potatoes. Uh, Pawn of Ulamog, I think, is an amazing oh card for this God. deck. Yeah, it's uh, colorless blockers. black black two two between. It's basically three bucks. Whenever Pawn of Ulamog or another non-token creature you control dies, Jeff just talked about the difference between token and yep. non-token. You may create a zero one colorless Eldrazi spawn creature token. It has sacrifice this creature at a colorless to your mana pool. So, um, normally uh, people would be like, well, that's a restriction. Why do you have that? It's like, well, our commander has a restriction. So as long as we're doing the same restrictions through the deck, and we didn't even tell people, we have 37 creatures in the deck. We have more creatures than we have lands. (laughs) So uh, we have lots of non-creatures that can die. So it's perfectly okay. And there are some cool rigmarole loops you can kind of do with Pawn of Ulamog um, that I'm just now thinking of that yes, maybe I, I should put some of these <laughs> I, so, this, all, this, this will be discussed but not only now but also in the bottle cabin section no it won't so uh, anyways that's a great card uh, Tuck yes. do you have any other thoughts on it no the only reason why it's expensive is because it's a vampire and it's only been printed a couple ah. times so uh, no it's it's really good again like you said 
fits into the theme. We're going to be sacrificing creatures of all varietals. So there's going to be piles of them that are non-tokens. Okay. All right. Well, my last one is, is kind of a staple in anything that likes to sack creatures over and over and over and over and over again. Squee the Immortal. Kind of have oh. to have it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, awesome. Colorless red red legendary creature goblin. It's a rare. It's a two one for less than a buck. You may cast Squee the Immortal from graveyard or from exile. And what does Squee sound like? I thought we don't have a Squee yet. So uh, he is sounding like Foreign Clicks, which is the coffee shop barista that's short on time. We're all familiar with, except for you because you don't drink coffee. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, all right, all right. I think I remember how you do this. Uh, you got to be petty ass to to live laying as me uh but not uh able to uh, help yeah perfect All right. slam dunk so i mean this Barely thing's an automatic inclusion i mean this is yeah. also like our audio editor uh squee mcgee you just can't get rid of him he always comes back uh even if you think you exile him he will return so yeah. squeeze just nice because there will be times where you might not have a lot of gas or you only mm. have interaction in hand. And it's like, well, I guess I could cast Squee three times, get three Graveborns. It's better than doing nothing. Sack, and again, like you said, like cast him, sack, get, get the Graveborn, get another card, get some yep. mana, whatever it is. Yeah, so uh, pretty solid inclusion. Again, it's it's he. I feel bad for the guy because all he's going to be doing is just going to the graveyard or exile and then coming back and doing it all <laughs> over again. He but seems so happy to do it though. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, he likes getting. I guess he's a dom. He likes to be punished. Yeah, no, no, no he's a sub. Sub. Yeah, you are the dom because you're punishing him. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> you're punishing Squee. That's dirty. Ooh, 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 like that. Ooh. <laughs> wow, that's really good. That's really well, good. You. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the grain section. We're going to head over to the hot profile. And I know I've been talking and I'm going to keep talking. Let's do it. So once again, another sack outlet and you get to destroy target non-black creature. Three, two, one. Attrition. Attrition. And uh, of course, the last printed copy is the one that no one can read. <laughs> and doesn't have any flavor text I can torture you with. Uh, so attrition is a colorless black black for a enchantment. Yep. Yeah. Pay a black, uh, sack a creature, destroy target non-black. It's uh, insanity. $12, $14. Is that actually what like the cheapest copy costs? That can't Maybe? be. Maybe. You, you keep talking. I'll look it up because I'm actually curious okay. as well. Because if I can get a masterpiece version of attrition for $12, I'm buying like four. <laughs> so I really like this for the hops. A, it's only three mana. Oh, it's way more than twelve, I guess. Well, the the normal one is twelve. The uh, the uh, unreadable master series is forty three. So oh, okay. no, thank you. Uh, so it's it's pretty self explanatory. Yeah. Um, fifty percent, fifty two percent of our deck is black. So we're gonna have a lot of black pips to have access to. I know that's usually the the turnoff is either multiple black pips and casting cost or needing colored pips in the activated abilities when you're in three plus colored decks. I don't think it'll be an issue here. Yeah, I agree. And it doesn't say sorcery speed. It doesn't say only during your turn. It's just do it whenever you want. If you need to sacrifice Squee to then get a Graveborn, to then sacrifice the Graveborn to kill off two things about to kill you, great. The non-black thing could bite you, but I think you'll be all right. I feel like black... I think it goes like green, black, and blue kind of tied in. Green's the most prevalent color 
that I see at least in play groups. So I think black and blue are close neck and neck for second. So mm-hmm. I think there's always going to be a target, right? It may just sure. be Atlanta War Elves or something, but being able to do this repeatedly for one mana and then going, it just feeds so well into the rest of the deck, right? And hell, if you need to, and you need an extra death trigger, you can always just target your own thing and then bring it back through another means later. So yeah. it's it's a really, really strong enchantment. Um, just does a lot of work in pretty much any deck that it can go into. Yeah, and a cool thing that I just thought of is, like, if you need to sack your board to, like, get rid of something, it's like you could sack all your black creatures to, like, target your non-black stuff, you know, because oh, it might be yeah, an yeah, yeah. insurrection-type thing. It's like, mm. oh, I'm not letting that happen. Sack right. everything, you get nothing. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, there could be a lot of cool things you can do with that. But I thought, you know what, we, we like enchantments. They're hard to get rid of, and this fits the theme. Yeah, 100%. All right, Tuck, give me your second hop. Okay, so I need to pull this up because I literally can't read this card and tapped out. Um, this one uh-oh. took me a while to come around to, but and I'm uh-oh. still like 50-50 on it. I think it's- Is it 50-50 is it Planeswalker creature? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, it is, all right. Three, two, <laughs> Three, one. Grist, Grist the Hunger, the hunger tide. tide. All right, it's a colorless black and a green for legendary Planeswalker Chris Loyalty three for about $5. Yeah, exactly. Try reading that tapped out. All right, I got it. As long as Gris the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types. That's why it's in the deck, because it'll be a creature in your graveyard. Uh, Plus one, create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat the process. That'll never happen. Minus two, you may sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. That's removal. Gets rid of creatures. Good. And then I think the minus five is actually pretty good. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. I mean, you could have 20, 25 creatures in your graveyard, and minus five is not hard to get. No, it's not hard at all. I mean, two turns out, I think this card's pretty innocuous, right? I mean, if I saw someone play this, my first question is, why? And second off, it's like, why isn't your commander? And then third off, it's like, is this an insect deck? There is one There is one insect in this deck. There's oh, one other yeah. insect. Um, but yeah, I think like, it took, it took me a while. I think the minus two is really good. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. honestly the best thing. But as you kind of think through the deck, with I mean, with several cards we've talked about so far, like the Hell's Caretakers of the world and whatnot, like milling cards and creatures into your graveyard isn't necessarily the worst thing that could happen because there are so many ways to recur them and bring them back. Yeah. So it's I think that's like pretty negligible. And again, the you get a blocker out of it and then you can sacrifice that. I, it's it's I think it's actually kind of sneaky good, especially for a three drop. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting one, and that's like it took me a long time to be like, wait, like. <laughs> I think I know what's this, but like, let me reread it again. Um, I had, a, yeah, I think, I think this deck, I think this card probably should see more play, especially for $5. Like, I think you should, I want to pick up a, I want to pick up a copy for five bucks. Come on, it's a mythic, it's a mythic planeswalker. You want as many of those as you want. Someone, at some point, some moron's going to figure out some gimmick with this. It's going to be $40. So, probably. It's just a, it's just a matter um, yeah. of time. The, the way that I look at it is, if you're able to go two rotations, you plus one twice, so now it's at five. You've yeah. gotten two tokens that may have prevented some damage, and you mill two cards, whatever. If you can then ultimate for just minus five, and you even yeah. have 15 cards in your gra- or creature cards in your graveyard, or 10, that's still three mana, two turns, two cards, 30 life swing. 
That's right. massive. And if you're getting to the end of the game, you're like, all right, great. Like, I'm just going to oh sacrifice. My. I'm going to sacrifice yeah. my entire board. You guys yep. already killed it three times, and now it's turn 12. So yep. guess what? Everyone's taking 30, and the game is the game has come to a close with all this yep. other thing you have stacked up here. So <laughs> everyone shake hands. Uh, good yeah, exactly. Everyone. Shake hands, have a good shuffle night. them up, and then we'll, <laughs> just, we'll, we'll, we'll see you in the... Yeah, go and go uh, suck it. All right. Well, my last one is a very, very sweaty Liliana. She is sweaty. So, but, you, but here, you get, you get to listen. You get to listen. I've, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. So we're talking about Liliana Death Mage. She's very expensive to cast, though. That's the biggest negative with her. Four colorless black black. Six mana. It's a lot. M21 rare or mythic uh, four loyalty has three effects. From the precon, from the commander precon or the planeswalker precons that they do not make anymore. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think they the dual decks. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. So it has three effects. And I actually, I think all of these are great for this deck. It's just, I get it, six mana, but you're a slower play group. You got to get out of the tune mind. Plus one, return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. This helps you recycle the stuff that sure, you've yeah. sacrificed earlier. Minus three, destroy target creature. Its controller loses two life. It's a removal spell. It's a very expensive murder. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then minus seven, target opponent loses two life for each creature card in their graveyard. We have ways to make our opponents sacrifice their creatures. So you could have someone that has 10 creatures in the graveyard, which isn't a lot. That's 20 life. That's, that's game over. But yeah. I think for six mana, graveyard recursion, even if I get to use it once, depending on the card, might have been worth it. But I don't think anyone's going to be like, well, we got to kill that Liliana because I don't think yeah, they're oh, going to care about any of that stuff. Fine, it's yeah. just going to stay there. <laughs> they're going to be like, wait, is that is that one of those precon Lilianas? You're like, you know it. That you picked it's up some, for a penny. <laughs> they're still $9. What? Yeah. Wow. Believe that tells you it's it, a good card. Okay. I will ultimately be cutting this card. However, what I, it, Mr. Combo, it took me a very long time to find a suitable replacement. I will give you cr that credit because at first oh, I was like, okay. At first I was like, ah, a, a pre-con planeswalker, like no thanks. But then literally I was like, okay, how about this card? It's like, well, that doesn't really do what this card can do. And I was like, okay, what about that card? It literally, it literally took me a while to get there. Okay. Um, I, and I'm still, and actually to be fair, I'm still not a hundred percent sure. I like this is this is the one this is the one that I'm like really really on the fence about in terms of cutting or not. So you can because, see through the deck that I kind of sprinkled some planeswalkers yeah. through. I didn't go like as I usually do, but I think I put in four. I think yeah, and I think I yeah, think all the planes, like I think all the planeswalkers yeah. you put in, including Grist, which that again was one where I was like, what? I think they all. I think the planeswalkers that you chose are not in there just because they're planeswalkers. I think sure. that you did do a good job and just like finding the right themes. Um, I think the other Lilianas that you have in here are better, but they are, uh, they are, they but, are, but they're also twenty five dollars or yes. whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was everything I had. What's your last one? All right. This one is really good. Um, I'm definitely going to pick up a copy for this. I think even for just Prosh potentially. Oh, okay. Uh, Journey to Eternity. What a oh, blowout! Yeah. It's it's. I think it's really really strong. So colorless and Gugari. That's a black and a green. It's an enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature dies, return to the battlefield under your control. And then this comes back transformed and flipped over and turns into Atzal Cave of Eternity. It's legendary land that you can tap for one mana of any color, which is very strong. And then for mm -hmm. three colorless 
and Golgari and tap. You can return target creature card from the graveyard to the battlefield. Very good. Uh, and I, I want to read that so I can do the entire line first, which is by our old pal Teferi. Okay. Uh, you all know this one. <clears throat> every turner has this inevitable end, mother <laughs> But every end has a new beginning. <laughs> that was good. That was good. It's not, yeah, I, yours is better than mine, like most of these. But yes, <laughs> I, I think... I think this card has insane value, right? Like yeah. you can put this on anything, a Greyborn, like I, you obviously want to put it on a creature, not a creature token, but even in yep. a pinch. And I think that, I think one of the things to me that's most interesting is things coming back to the battlefield versus the hand, which is one of my, mm. one of the, my quibbles with Liliana. Sure. And I think being able to do that for five mana is very, very good rate, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I think it depends on what point of the game and, and granted, yeah the the tail end of that isn't there's not any great card that's good like you're saving there's no you know i don't know bane of balaged there's no there's no 10 drop that you're gonna be able to cheese out oh, five. Sure. but there are gonna be a lot of targets once this is an active land that you will be able to pull back and you'll want to pull back over and over and over again potentially with a discount with some of the other things we have going on here uh so yeah i i really like this card I think it's five dollars, which it's probably going to go up because they people love these flip arounds, these flipperoos. So I will definitely be ordering one of these on eBay later tonight after I get a couple more beers in me. Um, holy crap! What I did not realize, Volrath Stronghold is like over a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, it's insanely expensive. I had no idea. Uh, so that's that's like what a fourth of the budget. Yeah. Well, I was just uh, going through. I was about to say, oh, I'm surprised you didn't talk about Volrath Stronghold because it's like two mana and like instant speed. Oh, no, but Volrath's, it's like, oh, don't, $117. Don't get me wrong. It's insanely good. There is, I've been tracking, trying to track down a gold bordered version of it because mm. you get those for like 60. Uh, but yeah, uh, Australian Alex had a great bit about this. He's like, well, yeah. I was like, Jesus, like Volrath Stronghold, you have this in three decks? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I've got it when it was like five bucks. It's like, cool. <laughs> cool, thanks, man. Thanks cool, for cool, being cool. here. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the hop section. Now we're going to head over to how this deck can maybe win. And I think it can. I think it can. All right. Well, what are you starting off with? The thing that I've liked about this deck is that there's been several cards in here, and I don't know if I've talked about all of them, um, but there are some in here that I really like. There's cards that are, like, are kind of pet cards. I'm always just like... But, oh, when, I know but what you're where, about. right? Like, but where? We're, 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 we're matched. We're matched. It's an enchantment. It's an aura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. Breath of Fury. Breath of Fury. Yeah. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. Well, and I only know that because uh, I had that in my Gira deck, and that was one of the cards that you struggled with leaving in because you're like, it's never worked in any deck. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, so it's two colorless red, red for an enchantment aura. And it states, enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice it and attach Breath of Fury to a creature you control. If you do, untap all creatures you control, and after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's so, like, it's so funny because on this, I think this card is, like, really emblematic of how different this deck is from prosh right because in mm. prosh there are a lot of these same cards right like there's a lot of cards that are sacrificed the blood artists of the world and whatever sure. right 
But I think the problem with Prosh is, or, or one of the reasons why this deck is so different, is that the tokens that he generates generally don't do anything unless you have another card to do something with them. Sure. like um, Crying for the hordes. Or, what, yeah, or whatever, right? Whereas, like, even though they're three ones, that's still something you can do with, right? That's mm -hmm. still something that can get in the red zone with and over haste. and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, and I think that's why... You could even do cute, like if you put this on a non Greyborn, you're going to get another Greyborn for the next time, right? After you sacrifice it from Breath of Fury, take your extra combat, and then those, because they have haste, you'll be able to keep going with the new ones that you're sacrificing, right? Do, do you want to know the, the right way to do this? Yes, I would so love I, to. I, I've already mapped it out. Um, okay, I'm here so, for it. So y y y let's just say you start with seven Graveborns, okay? We got seven sure. of them. And we have one creature. So what you do is you kind of look at your opponents and you figure out which non-token creature can get through for damage and oh, then who's the bigger yeah. threat. And then what you do is you actually swing everything at the threat and then just the Breath of Fury at the person that you can get through on. You deal your damage, you sacrifice that, you now get another Graveborn that you can swing with, you now move it to another non-token creature, and you kind of use your Graveborn army to just literally smash that's, down that's on one player. That's the thing that's player. bashing people in, right, yep. right, right. But then the Breath of Furies around there just getting little bites of damage, and Tuck, this will play well with you, because you'll be able to tell someone, hey, I'm going to hit you for a total of five this turn. Just a, but I'm just gonna a taste. Hit, just I'm going to hit them for 25, because I'm going to hit them right. twice. Are you cool getting hit at least once? It's like, well, I guess they're an issue, but then the nice thing that they aren't going to think about is like, yeah, you hit them, you kill that person, but now you have still have another combat. I'm right. going to keep going. <laughs> Just keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with you. This is a card, to your point, like you said, this is something that after, as soon as it got spoiled, um, I was like, I, there's a deck for it, and I just couldn't quite, I'd never been able to quite piece it together, and I think this is definitely one in here. I think this is like, Probably the best finisher, in my opinion, in the deck, outside of yep. maybe a couple other ones. Sure. But just, just it's so much fun. It's so me. Um, this was a great, great A pick, Mr. Combo. Thank you. All right. Well, I will kick off with my second one. One could say I'm quite vengeful. Because we... And, per and perhaps we, perhaps you are stalking someone. Uh, I try. I, I left my stalker pass behind me. Uh, but we are talking about three... Two, one, stalking, <laughs> stalking legends. Five colorless Woo! red, red creature avatar. And Tuck, before you read it, I literally put this in here because I was like, this reads Big Tuck slimy. This is my, yes, this is definitely slimy. I think people sleep on this all the time. Um, it's one of my all stars in Prosh. I think it's still in there. But uh, it is a 5-5 five five with haste that says whenever another creature you control dies, it deals damage equal to its power to target player. Uh, there is some things on here. Oh, shit. Uh, Do the elephant. No, it's not. It's Bell. It's Bellatrix Lestrange. I think I think I kind of remember that. Uh, this is Vraska. It's, like, it's kind of like a creepy witch. It's a witch. Yeah, it's just yeah. literally a witch, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but don't sound like Wizard of Oz witch. It's not. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, although I might be going to see Wicked sometime here in the near future. Is it not worth it? I don't know. I mean, I've, I, I, I've never seen Wicked. I've never seen fucking uh, Hamilton's Hamilton. really good. You should watch Disney. It's incredible. Brought this Get man to tears, Mr. Combo. You know how hard that is? All right. So, <clears throat> that's what she said. <clears throat> Something roams the killing places, sniffing the guilt of the slayers. 
Stacking them from its paws. <laughs> I'm married to Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, why does no one play this? Is it because it costs seven? It's, it's seven. It's seven. So the only reason I even put it in this deck, just being honest, is because um, you said it's a more battle cruisery play yeah. group. So we can afford to put seven drops that maybe don't have the most impactful thing when they hit. Go ahead and be in the deck because you are playing a little slower. This card would not fly in our play group here in KC. No, it's too slow. But yeah. I think one thing I like it, I like about it in this deck because there's other. You can make the argument that there's like an enchantment or something along the lines that does the same thing. But I think I think what we're going to I think we're going to have a much the fact that it's a creature is way more important in this deck than in other decks, right? Because sure. we're going to have so many ways to be able to recur it when this inevitably gets killed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why because a lot of people will be like, oh, it's just a five five with haste and it's a creature. It's two lightning bolts and instead and you're like, well, sort of. Yeah. But we're gonna if we need this, we'll be able to bring it back, right? We'll be able to we'll be able to mill it off of grist. Bring it back the next turn with Liliana and then go on go on our merry way. So that's why I like it a lot in this deck specifically. Well, I also like it because you're not talking about the god, right? Because I'm not. No, no. Okay. So the reason I really enjoy it is because it's kind of like Perforos on the way out. Like right. you, you get your graveborn with Perforos, deal a couple points of damage. Then you sacrifice it, point three points of damage at someone, yeah. and then you do it with a non-token creature. And then, you know, even with this and Breath of Fury, if you couldn't risk swinging with Stalking Vengeance, every single time, it's just like, oh, I had to sacrifice it. Well, that's damage to you. Well, that's damage to you. Well, that's damage yeah. to you. Um, I just really like that. And I'm sure it's been errated to any or target player or Planeswalker. Yes. Yeah. So now you're pinging yeah. down Planeswalkers that may be hurting you from furthering your agenda. So it's a good card. Yeah, great card. All right, Tuck, uh, you got one left. I got one left. Uh, this one is one that, again, is a card that I think only works in this build and style. Dream Shaper Shaman. Mm. Uh, I th it's really, really strong. It just takes a lot to get moving mm -hmm. into it. So it is a 5-4 uh, enchantment creature Minotaur Shaman. Shaman Tribal, there you go. Uh, that's a five colorless and a red. At the beginning of your end step, you may pay two colorless and red and sacrifice a non-land permanent. Uh, let me, I'm going to just go ahead and say that's good. That just reads a great born. Uh, go ahead and just bidding one of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, uh, I was thinking you do, that you would do it with your non-token so you get a grave born out Oh, of so it. you get your, to oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, that makes sense too. If e you either, do one, reveal, either one. Either way, either way, either way, either way. Um, if you do reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a yes. non-land permanent card, put that <laughs> card onto the battlefield and the rest of the bomb of your library in random order. I think the only stinkers in the entire deck that I wouldn't want to get would be like mana dorks and mana rocks. Yep. Right. But every other non-permanent from oh you that want them perspective, baby oh you yeah want they're them. all they're also good because again like I looked in this uh, one thing that was funny is there is one instant in the deck. And there are five sorceries, so uh, well, I, I, tried, I tried to have as much stapled onto creatures as possible. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. But like, if you look at like, we didn't talk about them, right? But like, hitting a black market off this feels amazing. Hitting a perforos off this feels amazing. Uh, hitting a woe strider really good feels great. Yeah, like hitting hitting uh, redacted uh, altar that we're not talking about feels amazing, right? Like, there's like if you altar look the through the per if you look through the permanents in here. There's very little that you will not that you wouldn't be excited about to yeah. hit off of this just to sacrifice literally anything to it, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I will say it does suck that it costs Six. a lot. Of, we, as we just talked about last night. So this is effectively what? Nine. S- nine, man, nine mana for this. The nine mana, lose out. a card, lose a permanent. <laughs> yeah, right. It sort yeah. of replaces itself. But, but, but I think that's where yes, we pivot from the Kansas City play group to your North Carolina one. Correct. Yes, you may not be able to cast this and do its effect in the same turn, but I bet you your play group can't remove everything. And I Correct. think we yes. have <laughs> enough stuff that's like not ultra powerful, but like kind of intimidating that they're going to run out eventually. And when that happens, point, yeah. that's when you can't be dealt with. Exactly. And I and I agree. And I think like especially if you if you get lucky on this deck and you can I still feel like this deck can be really explosive right into like turn four, turn five, and you're already got your commander out, maybe a couple other things. But I think you're that's gonna get caught up. And a lot of times you like the heavy hitters that you have near the end of it, they don't do anything unless you have some of these other things that might have already gotten wiped or destroyed or whatever. Sure. I think cards like your Dream Shape or Shaman that do have that higher end to it, um, it's very similar scope with Stalking Vengeance. These are gonna be the things that are gonna bail you out of that when you're kind of resetting into your second part of your deck. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, I only got one yeast left. And uh, Tech, I got a question for you. Yes. Did you like playing with Legos when you were a kid? Oh, is this is this a bit? Did, 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 you ever, did you ever like playing with Legos? I did. I, 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 did the, I did enjoy playing with Legos. Okay. Did you ever like build the thing and then like someone would knock it over and you'd have to reassemble it? Uh, <laughs> no, because I was very protective with it. But I see where we're going with this. Well, uh, reassembling skeleton at least lets you get it back, which is yeah. nice. It's 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 sweet. So colorless black creature skeleton warrior. It's a one one uh, for a colorless black. Uh, it has an activated effect. Return reassembling skeleton from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. And uh, I do have a voice I have to do. And it's uh, our old pal Nissa, the goth girl who loves herself some unicorns. They may show up with glitter and rainbows, but whatever. Uh, the wrong thigh bone. Ooh, that's sexy. Or mandible. God, this is perfect for a goth girl. Yeah, no, this is so <laughs> But they always show up. And they're pink tutus and, you know, Tory Birch. Uh, that's Zul Asher, <laughs> the Lich Lord. So, um, it's in the sh- it's it's in the tapped out notes. So you guys should definitely go check out the deck list. But reassembling yes. skeleton is a convoluted combo for the deck. And so, what I mean by that is, you're using your Ashnods and your Phyrexian or other stuff to sack it. Ideally, you're doing it with the altars. Because yes. basically the combo is reassembling skeleton. Are you talking about the other piece of it in the spice? I'm not. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so it is reassembling skeleton plus Kirk, son of Yogmoth, Ashnod's altar or Phyrexian altar. And then basically what you can do is you can sack the reassembling skeleton, get two mana or one mana. Kirk lets you pay two life. You're able to cast it out of the graveyard. You got a Graveborn out of it. You're getting two ETB effects. You get a die trigger. So then your Perforos, your Impact Trimmers, your Ultra of the Brood, so they can all do stuff. Yeah. So the thing I like about this, initially when I did it, is it couldn't go infinite because you're paying two life. You're not gaining any life. So you can only do it so much. But right, that's right, kind right. of where I thought you would enjoy it, Tuck, to where it's like, hey, Kirk's a 11-11, but I'm at like one life. 
let me swing, but now I got 10 3-1 Graveborns out of it, so they'll hit right. you. I'll gain my 11 life back. You know, that's only half of what I put into it, but now I got this massive army. But then I started realizing if you add extra cards to it, it is purely yes. just infinite. <laughs> uh, but it is like five or six cards to get it there. So it, right, it's a right, bit right. of work. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of work. Um, it, you can tell it coming from kind of a while away. And even without that, I think these I think the these sort of effects that will let you be able to bring them back from the graveyard on their own with very little effort are really worth their their weight in gold in this deck. Um, you want things to come from the battlefield. You don't want them in your hand. Yep. So even outside of that thing, reassembling skeleton is just going to be able to get oh, you yeah. those triggers, drawing mm -hmm. cards, everything that you want over and over again. Greyborns, uh, everything that you want on it. So And to point out, it does not give you a time restriction on when you can re bring it back. Correct. So Correct. You know, if it's something that, hey, everyone, here's some free mana. Like, so, you know, uh, someone's doing the Jun deck that you wanted me to build where they're giving you extra mana. It's like, cool, I'll use that. Bring reassembling skeleton and sack it and do some stuff. Um, so I wanted to give you a game finisher because I felt like without something, you're just battle cruiser and that's it. So yeah. at least this gives you something that you got lots of pieces that could be interchanged. You don't even have to use Kirk. Uh, you could just use Ashnod's altar um, and uh, Pawn of Ulamog. Ulamog, that gets yep. there. Yeah, that's just infinite Graveborn uh, right there. Ooh, I guess that's a what four card combo? I guess because you need yeah. Commander. They're all they're all multi card combos that don't win the game unless you have another piece to them. So that's for me where it's like if people see if. There's never been a time that I've ever played Magic where I have played an Ashnaud's Altar or Phyrexian Altar and someone's immediately not like, whoa, 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 whoa. like, hold on here. Like, what, are, think, we, what are we doing here? You I know think what I mean? you'll be okay in this deck, though, because the deck is all yeah. about sacrificing your non-token creatures. And so I think true, that non-token may true. make people less scared. Sure. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the yeast package. Now we're going to head over to Spice and I'll kick this off with a card that is extremely cute. And it's okay if you cut it. It's okay if you cut it. It's so cute though. Because is it a Planeswalker? It is a Planeswalker. Okay. <laughs> and the reason it's so cute is because your commander cares about non-token creatures. So Nissa World Waker kind of gets around that. Three colorless green green. It's a Nissa. Oh, it's a Mythic. It's so three loyalty. Cute. It's so cute. Plus one, untap up to four target forest. That's kind of nice. Um, I mean, you're probably you you would probably put more green in this deck than than I have. So you know you may hit that three. Yeah. You know three out of four. Um, plus one, target land you control becomes a four four elemental creature with trample. It's still a land. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Now you have something. To, now you can just start sacrificing your land. Yeah. Back. It's Let's the value. value. Look at the value. And then minus seven, search your library for any number of basic land cards, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Those lands become four, four elemental creatures. <laughs> Good. Good. They're still lands. Hey, I'm going to ultimate my Placewalker, sacrifice all my lands, all my lands, and I'll get a bunch of Graveborns. I would rather have oh. three ones instead of four fours. Yes, because that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I think this is... I think this is a very good card. I do agree that it is dripping with sweat in this deck. Uh, and we'll get into why a little bit later. But okay. I think it's just on the limitations that you built. It is cute that I can start destroying the resource that I need the most whenever I need to to continue the plan. But like you said, it and in all fairness, like you said, there are going to be times where like I just need stuff to sacrifice. Yeah. I need these triggers. I need to figure out how to draw cards. I got to figure out how what to do. And if it has to be a land here or there, so be it. 
And to count, I have built in exactly six forests in the deck. Oh, oh good. Oh, we'll get into, we'll get into that in a little bit. Don't <laughs> don't you worry. All right, Tuck. What is your spice? So this is another card that I have always liked, and I've never been able to find a place for it outside oh. of Tiny Leaders. Yep. Uh, Bl Bloodsoaked Champion. It's kind of like Reassembling Skeleton, but slightly worse. Uh, a color, a one black for a 2-1 human warrior that can't be blocked, and then has raid for a colorless and a red. Return it to the battle from a graveyard to the battlefield. Activate this only if you attacked with a creature this turn. And then for the last one of the day, we have... Uh, Smilla Menetian Poet who has a falsetto. <clears throat> Death is barely another foe in the Mardu will overcome. And this card for some reason is a buck 20. Amen. What? You're, you have a really weird face. <laughs> oh, I was doing the amen thing because you did your like church oh. falsetto. <laughs> oh, I couldn't hear you. No, your, your microphone cut it. Oh. You're just, you're just standing there. This is what I saw. You're just like. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Uh, so yeah, Bloodstone Champion is really interesting. I'm sure people slam it into like human and warrior decks, but again, the big thing with this is it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. You're going to attack with something. You're going to be able to sacrifice it. You're going to get all of your creature because it, it's not a token, uh, and you're going to be able to bring it back. So again, is it a worse reanimating skeleton? Sure, but. You need, we, there's not a whole lot of ways to tutor for cards, if any, which I kind of like, to be honest with you. Um, so I think you need these kind of effects as much as you can, so that you always will have something to sacrifice to create more Greyborns and get those triggers. Um, I do understand why it's a spice, because it literally doesn't do anything besides that. And reanimating skeleton is just a better version of it, because you can do it multiple times. Um, but yeah, it's I, I do like Bloodshoved Champion in this deck. Um, I think it's a very fair varietal of a card that you would want in here. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it on the head. The reason it's in Spice is because it has that restriction if attack yep. with a creature this turn. Now, granted, it doesn't say that you can't do it multiple times because if you attack oh, okay. second main phase, you could, yeah, yeah. you could keep going. The reason I have it in Spice is because of that condition and it can't even block. So it's like yeah. you, you might get stuck in that that loop. And I think you and I have talked about this before. To where, well, what happens if you swing and no one blocks? And they take two and you have no sack outlets. It's like, great. yeah, and you're just like, oh, great. <laughs> I guess I'll just two you to death and that's it. Yeah. So that, with no, I, with I, no evasion. I feel like its ceiling is very, very low. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's like, you know, you might be able to find something better um, than that. But uh, cool. But I think I think having those abilities, having those abilities are really important, right? Especially yeah. cheap for two mana. Like that's going to get you. That's going to do something at some point. Potentially more than Nissa, but again, both very, both very spicy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. And now we're going to head to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are going to be big tucks and eyes, cuts and adds to. Oh, wait. This isn't my deck. This is Tuck's deck. Big Tuck will be cutting and adding a card for under five, under 50, and a no budget recommendation. He just can't add a mana only land. So without further ado, Tuck, what are you gonna do for your under $5? So this was actually really tough. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, really? Just because, like, I mean, so, okay. it's It was only tough because, like, I I really wanted to stay within the within the parameters of what you built, right? Oh, okay. And not, because there's, I mean, if we wanted to, as you're, I'm sure you had the same issue when you're like, 
putting things into here. It's way, it's super easy just to turn this into this like tune monster that's just yeah. like prosh with a different body. Um, so I wanted to keep in like that sort of theme of, of lower power stuff um, that, that feeds right in. So first I do, I am cutting Liliana. Um, I, I, if it wasn't nine dollars, if it really was a cent, I'd be like, okay, I probably maybe well, I'll pick one up and see yeah, if it if works. Yeah, if it's a penny, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think the the thing I struggle with this is that I even though it returns a creature back, it still goes to hand, so you still have to recast it. Um, and I think if we have all these creatures lying around, Greyborn or otherwise, we should have other ways to be able to bring them back to the battlefield, right? So. This is another card that I've always been really interested in, and I think this is a really good deck for it. Uh, Whisper, Blood Liturgist. So three colorless and a red for legendary creature, human cleric. Tap, sack two creatures, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So for me, this is just like another varietal of your um, Hell's Caretaker, mm. right? You can do whatever you want. You can sack real creatures if you want to get those triggers. You can sack Greyborn and get something back. But I just like the fact that it's got this, it's got both to the battlefield and the sacrifice on it, on the body. Um, and it, it's two mana less than Liliana. Granted, it's a creature, but I, I kind of like the theme of this of being able to sack and bring something back to the battlefield as opposed to just your hand. Only reason I didn't put it in the deck is you have to wait a turn cycle because uh, it has yep. to tap. And it sacrificed two creatures, which you're coming at this from a different mindset than me. Me, it's I'm using my non-token sacrifice, and my graveborns are purely there to like live in the red zone and beat Attack. Pace. Okay, sure. You're kind yeah. of thinking about it to where they are also sacrifice fodder. Because for me, it's like sacrifice two creatures. I don't know if I'm gonna ha necessarily have the plethora of non-tokens to sacrifice, but I may have tokens, but I don't really want to sacrifice my tokens to bring one right, creature right, right. back. Because you got to think about it, that one creature technically made one graveborn so what good does it do to sacrifice two graveborns for something that only gave me one i'm actually losing value for that sure um so that's that's the only reason because i run this in my shirai deck and it's an absolute yeah, banger sure. because but my one mana my one see it or one power always come back no matter what and sure, it's sure, only sure. the bigger power ones that can't I, I agree with that, but I do think, like I said, this is going to be a lot of in and outs. And at some point, someone's going to kill, you know, your Dream Sheeper sh Shaman or even like uh, Perforos. They somehow figure out the way around Indestructible, right? So being able to bring it back to the battlefield, to me, is worth losing those other two things for it. Um, but again, it was really hard. It was really hard to cut Liliana, which was kind of shocking to me. <laughs> um, the next one, and I think I know what you're doing in here. I just think this is maybe too cute by half. Uh, Leyline of Combustion. I, I see what you're trying to do here. I just don't like it. So two colors, <laughs> two red for an enchantment. If it is in your opening hand, you may begin it with the yeah. game on the battlefield. So that's fine. When you and or at least one permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability and opponent controls, it deals two damage to that player. So I understand what you're doing with this. With your And also Torbran was like kind of on the chopping block what? a little bit. But it's like... But I looked. Your great boards are red. Listen, 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 listen. Not only that, but also I went and relooked, and like all the things that are dealing damage, depending on things dying or coming back in, are also red. Yes. Right. <laughs> the thing I don't like about this is it gives your opponent the control, and not in the way that we want. What do you mean? Because they have to they have to target the things for it, and it's only two damage unless you have something else out for. It, yeah, right? it's basically supposed to be ward for your board, unless you want to take two damage. That's the way okay, I was two. looking at it. Yeah. I, and it's not permanent, sold on it. not creature. That's the other True. thing I like. So, 
So, so when I get wastelanded 14 times and and your wind gray stack, then it deals the damage out. Yeah, you dealt 28 to me. For for me, it just seemed like it was like too cute by half, sure, right? I, I think it. I think it's I. It's a little sweaty for me. Um, the one that I really liked in here because again, I have such baggage on running out of cards and Jun. I want to make sure that never happens again. So for me, Moldervine Reclamation. Uh, okay. And uh, Scryfall just crashed, so hold on. Moldervine Reclamation is very, very strong. I also mm. just happened to see this in the... Okay, I can't even pull... Do you have it up, yeah. by chance? It's yeah. not letting me... Well, okay. Yeah. All right, so Tuck is having a little technical difficulties. Uh, so his next card that he was going to add for the under 50 is Moldervine Reclamation, which the card's 26 cents. Don't know how... I mean, I guess it is under 50. Uh, three colorless Golgari. <laughs> it's an enchantment. It's uncommon. Whenever you're, whenever a creature you control dies, gain one life and draw a card. Thanks, Tuck. You just made uh, the infinite combo even better. Except you now you're gonna draw out your deck. Uh, I can draw and kill myself. Yeah. The reason why I really like this one is that it's whenever a creature you control dies, oh, right? Yeah, and that's even great. if you're getting in the red zone, like that's I think that's like that's like the sweet spot. And we didn't talk about it, but I think one of the better cards in the deck obviously is like Pitiless Plunderer, mm -hmm. right? Because you, it, it also specifically states a creature, not a non-token creature yep. or anything like that. So for me, having something that when I am sacrificing things or running uh, Greyborns into opponents and they chump a few of them, at least like everything is going to replace itself. I wish this was four instead of five because that's a little bit more than it's I'd like little, to spend on this. Yeah. But that's but then like the other version of that is like the morbid version of this that you only get once a turn. So, sure, you know I think this one's a little bit better in here. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that that seems good. Um, and I mean from a CMC perspective, your first one you went from a six to a four. Now you're going from a four to a five. So at least from an overall so, perspective, you're not just increasing your curve. The one thing that you might want to look at, and I don't know how your prosh decks uh, flooded out, but. From a mana perspective, we're now cutting red pips, adding in more black and green. Black, yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be something to where does black become too much of the color pie? And it's like, oh, am I do I need to put in an Urborg just to have access to black? So it's interesting you mentioned that, right? Because if you look uh I can't share my screen, but if you look at the Prosh breakdown, it's almost the exact same really? except with green instead of black. Wow. It's way more green, but that's same, that same kind of level to it. But yes, look, that is something that we're going to need to be playing into, which okay. is going to go perfectly into my last cut, which Hold is under 100. Uh, I know you like this card. I know you have like 10 copies of it. Nissa Vastwood Seer. It's, it's too really? cute by half. Oh, dude, so, come on. It's repeatable. Listen, listen. I know, I know, I know, but hear me out. Two colors and a green. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic yeah, forest Yeah, the card. three that you have. There's three in the deck. <laughs> put it into your hand. Not even on the battlefield, into your hand, for God's sakes. Well, yeah, because uh, you need to get the trigger. Then shove your library. Then uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, uh, she flips over to Nissa Sage Animus. Plus one, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it on the draw, battlefield. Otherwise, you ramp. put it into your hand. You have 34 lands in the deck. Uh, minus two, create a legendary 4-4 four, four green elemental creature token. Now, if this would turn your land into a creature instead, you might you might have me there a little bit. Uh, a little except bit. for the last one does. Yeah, untap up to two target lands and six. become 6-6 six, six elemental creatures. No, They're still six. not lands. Untap up to six target lands. Six target lands, thank you. Um, it's too it's too cute by half. If There's three targets for this, so even if it dies, you're going to fail the find half the times. Wood Elves is better because there's other four, there's 11 forests you can go get with there's it. There's so, six forests. 
six. Oh, there's only six? There's okay, only so six. that's also as bad. So there's no good ramp in this. There's no good green ramp in this. Well, let's, let's be honest. If you probably built this, you wouldn't have as many non-basics as I put in. So, I mean, would you? Uh, okay, okay, all right. I'm willing, I'm willing to do this. So you have, in this, you have... I only have 11, 11 basics. basics. And then in Prosh, I have eight. Oh, wow. Okay, never but mind. It also, it also doesn't count. Like It's also like not a fair comparison because I've had Prosh for six years, right? Sure. So I've, I've been able to pull like Vern Catacombs, you know, yeah. like City of Brass. Like I've had the time to put in like the filler cards in here. I think you mean um, that deck's definitely City not on budget of either. ass, ass. Uh, right, so quick side tangent on that. Oh. <laughs> one time, one time when we were playing uh, at uh, level one, I'm gonna just let that hang there. Uh, we there was some one of the gals that was there. She was so nice and very quiet, and she's like, "Guys, listen, before we start, I just have to say I have one proxy in the deck." And we're all just like looking oh, around, and like, "Oh, okay." She's like, "All right, it's this one here. It's City of Ass. It's a cop a proxy of City of Brass. I have it in my binder. I put this in all my decks because I think it's funny." And everyone's just like, "I mean, I think like." Yeah, that's a what ten cent card. Yeah, and City of Brass is fifteen. So, thanks for uh, oops, uh, thanks for the heads up. I suppose. Uh, but anyway, well, long story longer. Uh, Nis is out. So okay, I have t I have two here. One of them is a scumbag move. One of them is actually good. Okay. So <laughs> the, if we if you want to do your rigmarole scumbag nonsense, your five card combo, I have one that actually is better than the other ones. Okay. Uh, Nether Trader, one of my favorite pet cards of all time. Okay, so Nether Trader is double black for a creature spirit with haste and shadow 1-1. One, one. None of that matters. What does matter is that when another creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay it black. If you do, return Nether Trader from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, if you have Phyrexian Arena, this card, Perforos, and your commander out, it's an infinite combo right there. It dies, you sacrifice the uh, Greyborn for black. When it dies, you put Nether Trader back on the battlefield. You sacrifice it, the Greyborn comes back out, then you sacrifice that, and then you keep going back and forth. That's a scumbag way to win. That's a the real scumbag way to do it if you wanted to. Wait, so hold on. So how are you going infinite? So this comes out and you have Phyrexian Altar yep. out, for example, right? Yep. And Perforos or Altar or the Brood or whatever. So okay. and you have your commander. Okay, out. so you're you're going infinite by doing the alternate win cons, not the swinging in with graveborns to kill everyone. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. You're you're All always right. you're it's just an, it's just another flavor of that, right? All right. Um, I just wanted to bring it up, but I that's like, like the scumbag way I to like do it. it. I know you do. I know you do, and that's the one I thought you'd lose your mind over. Um, but then the other one that it came up that I think actually would fit really well in the stack because again, like you said, we have so many creatures. Thirty-seven. Yeah. Evolutionary leap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Evolutionary leap is going to help you continue to thin out your library when you have to start sacrificing stuff. So colorless and a green for an enchantment. Green, sack Ooh, a creature, okay. reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal creature card. Put that into your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library in any order. Again, it's just another, it's like attrition, but for creatures on your own side, yeah. right? You get your board wipe, you refill your hand. Um, the argument, I almost put in survival of the fittest, but I want stuff in my hand. I don't want to have to discard anything. So that's why I think Evolutionary Leap really plays out in this deck. Um, sacrificing stuff to build Greyborns, potentially sacrificing those Greyborns in, in and of themselves. Just a, just a way just to keep churning on through. 
So, I actually have a challenge for you on that, because you were kind of challenging me on the Nissa piece. Are you sure you're going to have green mana to do that? You only have That's a great that is that is a great question. <laughs> you only have 12 ways to produce green mana. So, well, what about and we also have your ignoble hierarchs. Nope, nope, that counts it. That counts it. Yeah, There's 12 you, ways you, to make green yeah, mana. So, if you go to land mana enter, it'll tell you how many symbols. So, the only one I think it doesn't count is possibly birds of paradise. Might oh, be the only one that isn't showing up because I'm pretty sure I thought the mana thing covered. Yeah, because if you actually click the green color pie, the bigger one that says 11 symbols, oh, click it'll that, show you everything. It actually that you lights do. up everything that can produce green. So yeah, you have 11 ways to produce or 12 ways to produce green. So might be careful with the evolutionary leap. I don't know if you're gonna have the pips. There's also only now to counter counter that. There's only 14 symbols for black for attrition. So it seems like no, there's the 17. Same. There's 17? Yeah. It says 14 right here. And then here. you gotta go next to it where it says three symbols. Oh, I see. Yeah, you got 17. And you got black market. Either way. And black market. Either, and black market, and black market. So there, it's, it, is, it is a fair point on that, but I think it's worth, even if you only do this once sure. or twice, you refill your hand, you're getting back to the sacrifice themes, it's doing, it's doing everything that we want here. So here's what I've noticed, everyone, through this bottle capping. Big Tuck comes to me. Oh, no one lets me play Jund. Ah, oh, my playgroup's so slow. Oh, I need a less scary deck. So, so what does Mr. Combo number five's Emporium for gently used commanders do? We build him a very can-do stuff, but it's not that scary. What does he do with the bottle capping? Uh, let's add ways to directly bring creatures to the battlefield. Uh, how about every creature that dies of mine? I'm gaining life and drawing a card. And then, by the way, I have either an easier combo or a <laughs> card that's on the battlefield. People are not going to let me live because I just get to put out any creatures I want. Yeah, we've, we've definitely powered down the deck. <laughs> it still is powered down, and we'll get to that. Is this? Can we talk about the yes now, or is that later? That'll be later. The... That'll be later. Oh, okay. All right, guys. Well, we're at the end of the episode, <laughs> and this is your last chance to win our prize for September. We're giving away a draft kit, so that'll include a sealed box of Zendikar Rising, a set of play mats, and sleeves for you and your friends to do some a draft. To enter, it's super simple. Just promote the content we put out. You get an enter entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, plus being a part of our Patreon program. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News October 6th and our Twitter account afterwards. And yes, we try to do these giveaways each month. We'll just have to see what the group can come up with. But we would love a five-star review and a follow on whatever consumption platform, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever. I don't care. It could even be redactedbithub.com. No, we're not on there. Oh, that'd be kind of hilarious, though. <laughs> if you'd like to get a hold of us and find more ways to engage with our community, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where could they reach you? Well, I'm pissed because uh, at Big Tuck tweeting is my Twitter. I actually can through have been pretty active on it. It didn't. It didn't process my happy birthday to Tyler Perry, who I think turned in the 50s. Alex Cross. Let's go. I I, I literally typed out, "Hey Tyler, happy birthday, big dog." When's Alex Cross two coming out? And it didn't even come through. So a lot. I blew it. You know, it's funny. I did reach out to a celebrity as well on Twitter this week, Sean Astin. I had saw it. Of course, it was like years old, and I didn't realize that's, it. That's Sam. Yes, yeah, Sam from the uh, yes. Lord of the Rings. Or Rudy, as I think also is yes. well known for, right? Uh, yeah. Or don't know his name, but Stranger Things. He played the boyfriend and died. 
I think that I think that was his name, the dead boyfriend. No, no, he had a name. He was around multiple episodes. I know what I'm saying. Oh. It's like you, as soon as you saw him, I was like, oh, he's a gar. <laughs> but I saw this picture that uh, you, I don't know if you know this, Tuck. His uh, daughter uh, was actually in Lord of the Rings with him. So oh, really? the very last scene of uh, Return of the King where uh, he and his wife, like he gets back to the Shire and the little girl, that's his daughter in real life. And oh, she no graduated Harvard in the last two years. Yeah. Jeez. I know. So. Did she Did she also have to beg Kulan Steele to get on the football team there? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, she is a very attractive lady, so I don't think she'll have to be begging for much. Ooh. Well, now, now while you keep going, I have another thing to look up. <laughs> uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We will have a website with the deck list posted at cmdtower.com slash BNBE108. Basically, just type in Caustic Caterpillar Mosswort Bridge Dream Shaper Shaman Tower.com. Squee McGee, if people want to find and get a hold of your Manolift commentary, how would they do that? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records, or you can find me on the good old email at DearSquee at CMDTower.com. He can do everything you need from an audio perspective, whether it's in person or virtual. So definitely hit up Squee. Of course, this video could not have happened uh, unless we had our awesome editor at underscore Teacoats. Tyler does editing across the magic community. Please subscribe to you, our YouTube channel. Please watch the videos. And more importantly, let us know how we can improve the viewership. I mean, is it? do you want to see me and Tuck's ugly mugs on there? Uh, do, do we need to flavor it up? Is there some other thing that you'd like? Just let us know, because we want to make this thing as best as it can be. Another way you can support us is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have a lot of different tiers, and it can just be as simple as getting access into the Discord. And actually, it's not even simple anymore. Uh, you know what, Tuck? Let's put up, and for YouTube, let's have our video editor put up what our tier one for just a buck a month gets. For just a buck a month, you could join the Collective Solo, which gets you access to the Discord, a shout out on Bruising Builds, you get random entries for the character voice work for Bruising Builds, you get a one additional entry into the monthly giveaway, plus you get entered into deck therapy. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of stuff for just a dollar, but if you end up doing any of our other tiers, you get opportunities to get tons of entries into the giveaways, RK Post exclusive patron tokens, uh, CMD Tower swag. It's just a very robust program. So definitely go join and support. Now, if you can't, can't uh, do a monthly contribution, but you do want to pick up the swag, be sure to head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do sell everything on there, but there is a redacted bit that I can't talk about, but we do have our sleeves, playmats, coins, all that good stuff on there. And if you're an existing patron, refer your friends, refer more people to join the collective, and we will give you some free swaggers, swaggeroos, swaggerbrewskis. More swag. So big tuck. We're not ready for the answer yet. Bruise and builds. Say yes to the deck. Sakar. How do you feel about the episode? I'll give you my thoughts, and then we'll ask that very important question and see if we can do some cheesy chalkboard tray. <laughs> uh episode was slam dunk uh one of the most fun we've had i think i think us being a little punchy always goes well and i do i i will give credit where credit's due mr combo you did actually do a really good job of finding cards that that fit what i'm trying to do that fit the play style that mm. i'm looking for um it's definitely a little bit more of a mid-ranger right there's there's some that are a little sweaty in here yeah uh, but overall i i really i actually 
do like this build quite a bit. Okay. I feel the same, and I definitely like try to take our experience with the Wrath Capishan deck, and it's like, okay, I know Tuck built something that he finds interesting and could challenge me potentially, but I just it wasn't my feel. So how yes. do I take what I enjoy and that can challenge Tuck, but try to make the deck like 70%, 75% him? But then really, Tuck, the biggest challenge for me, and it's interesting with your comments and your cuts and stuff, because you know, I don't really build I don't go out and build battle cruiser decks or mm -hmm. Anything like that. I go out and it's just like, I have an idea and I just go with the idea and whatever it is, it, usually, it is. Usually like, and I think like you, the way they, and this is where this has also been really helpful for me is like you're the way you build is like you said, you're like, okay, dungeons, how can I build it to be like Mr. Combo centric, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got like your interactions and stuff in there, like Selenia, the dark angel, yeah. like you, you, I think you, I think you come at it more at like, I don't, but it's like it's like 50 50 because like i think sometimes you go with a theme and then the commander goes into it right mm -hmm. like a great example that's like partitioners right oh, sure. where you're like i want to build this and then the commander just happens to like plop there right yeah. but you also are the opposite where you're like oh this commander is so interesting yeah that i want to build around it right and i think that's going to help me a lot for the next time we do this mm. to try to find something that's a little bit more in that as opposed to something that's a little more generic like rap nice nice yeah and and definitely your comments are going to help me because like when you talk about your play group and the way that they do my mind went to like oh it needs to be a little bit more mid-rangey it needs to be a little bit yep. slower but then it's like as you're going through you're making comments like that's a little too sweaty for me so it's even going to help me like okay there is a limit to like i guess how sweaty this group is it's still there they i think people here they play with some exceptions they play very good decks that are like well tuned right and like some people in the play group even have like dual lands sure. right but the decks themselves are mu they're they're much more they're if they're more efficient than winning does that make sense kind of i mean i feel like if your deck's efficient it should be winning because you're like getting to the finish line there's no there yeah that's a good that's a good point it's like they're very well they're well constructed but they're the way that the the theme or the commander or what they're trying to do that they're constructed around has enough limitations that they can't go like buck wild oh okay okay well then yeah Does that makes sense okay. no so I, yeah. it sounds like i picked a good commander then it's just maybe some of the cards i went a little too sweaty on i yes okay that's and helpful. i i have I have, I have, a, I know exactly what I'm gonna say when you do ask that question. So, Big Tuck, the whole multiverse wants to know: Are you saying yes to the deck? All right, I am gonna say yes, but ah, he said yes. Celebrate! He said yes. <laughs> this so really, what you've inspired me to do on this is because, as we talked about, there are a lot of crossovers with Prosh, right? And what you've what this has really inspired me to do, which I think is the biggest compliment I could give of it, it's like, okay, instead of a net new deck, why don't I find these cards that you've put in here, like Breath of Fury? Mm -hmm. um, that's a great example. Reassembling Skeleton, even like Altars of the Brood, that I can build a pile where it's like, okay, I want to play Jund. I already have the deck built with the lands and stuff. Mm. I'm just going to swap out fifteen or you know we precast. We talked yeah. about like. What's the, what's the soul of a deck, right? Uh -huh. Somewhere between 15 to 20 cards, somewhere in there, yeah. right? Swap swap those out of Prosh, put in 
Sekuar, and then now I have a deck that's much more mid-range, that's less scary, less aggressive, huh. and I don't have to go and rebuy or rebuild it, sure. right? And then if I do sit down at tables where it's like, oh, okay, like this is the real deal, then I can kind of swap the other ones out. It's kind of like a sideboard, right? Like some people were talking about with like, with Cholane, you put in Rune and it's just like immediately less strong, mm -hmm. but you can kind of keep the soul of the deck. That's that's what I think this that's what I think you really like nailed right on the head of finding those mid-range cards, finding it to ways to slow it down a little bit to make it a little bit more aggressive in the red zone, that sort of thing. A little less commander scary and sure. a little more commander dependent, which aren't always the same thing. So I think the way here's how you could actually do that, Tuck. Now here's the biggest thing that people never think about when they're like, oh, I'll just have like 20 cards I swap in and out. You gotta make sure that your mana is still gonna line up right. Because you just said your yeah. prosh is primarily green, this is primarily black. You can't black. you can't do the 15-15 swap and then like I have no green, I have no black, and then you're yeah. kind of screwed. So if you could figure out that, I think the way that you do it is you have your normal deck box with your core jund in there. And then in a smaller deck box, because you know they always give away like those little standard set deck boxes. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can actually just have both Sakar in there with his thing of cards, a simple divider that we get a billion oh, of, and then have yeah, Prosh yeah, yeah. with his cards. Everything's in the same sleeve. You have it divided. And it's like, hey guys, what are you playing? It's like, what are you playing? Well, I'm going to play Jund, and I either have a strong commander I can go with, or I have a, a more mid-range commander. What are you guys doing? Yes. You know what? We want to play mid-range. Cool. Here's Sakar. Let me slide him in. Oh, you want to go powerful? Yeah, I, gotta, I got these cards to put in right now. Yep. The only thing that you'll want to think of is... Um, and I saw this as a little trick. Go to an office supply store and you'll see like the little sticker circles that are colored that people use for like notations and stuff. Oh, yeah. Put yeah, them yeah. on the bottom corner of each of your cards, like on the front. Oh, and then that way yeah, when you're yeah, going yeah. through your deck after you're done playing, it's like, okay, which ones? It's like, oh, here's all the pink ones. These are all prosh. I get rid of these. And then maybe Sakara right, right. is blue, and then it's just easy for you to identify, even if the deck box gets mixed up, like what was in what? It's like, oh, blue's this commander, pink's this one. Right, as opposed to having to be like, okay, now I gotta go on this website, yep. I gotta go to this I gotta go to the spreadsheet, and then be like piling through, and it's like, that's a great and, idea. And that simple sticker isn't gonna make it to where it's like you could cheat or anything like that. You're not gonna be able to yeah, like exactly. cheat and feel your deck, so. All right, well, he said yes to the deck with some conditions, but I will say, for the first time that someone on this channel has said yes, I'll take it. It was like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll come to your wedding, but I'm not going to buy you a gift. It's like, all right, <laughs> I, I at least got, I got I halfway eat, there. I will eat all your food and drink all your booze, and then I will leave. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, sayonara, Graveborns. Sankora, Graveborns.